The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. If science and religion are both searching for the truth, shouldn't they in the long run come up with the same answers? Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our guest today is Archit Goel, a scientist, mathematician who lives in Mumbai, India, with his wife and son. Along with his understanding of physics, he has studied the teachings of the mystic Paramahansa Yogananda and is familiar with Sanskrit and the 5,000-year-old Indian texts known as the Upanishads. In his presentation at this year's IONS conference, he interpreted scientifically the observations in an NDE and pr- provided insight into the nature of consciousness. Archit argues that one should be able to reach a single truth via suitable analysis of different phenomenon, removing the conflict between science, math, and spirituality. Archit, welcome to NDE Radio. Yeah, hi, Lee. I'm so glad to be here. Oh, I'm glad to have you. Arshad, how did you first get interested in near-death experience? Uh, well, I was always interested in different kind of things. I was studying physics, I was studying music, uh, etc. Uh, near-death experience happened four years back uh, after the death of my father. And, uh, you know, I was in a state of shock. I was searching of where he has gone uh, and how is he. And then my sister told me this, this uh, uh, NDE, concept of NDE and INs, and that's when I saw the website. And mm-hmm. uh, I was moved by thousands of accounts over here, and they all pointed to the same story. That's how I got interested. Very good. Well, tell us how you hope to reconcile the spiritual and the scientific understandings of NDEs. Yes. So uh, what I found out as I gradually studied more and more about NDEs is that there's no conflict at all between uh, what one experiences in, a, in an NDE, what is written in the uh, ancient scriptures about the nature of consciousness, and what is there in science. And uh, it's just that we have to you know, interpret it in the correct manner, but there's absolutely no conflict between all three. They all point to the same thing. Now, in your lecture, you were you discussed uh, muons, and um, maybe you could tell a little about how they tell us something about um, the variability of time and um, and space. Yes. So the uh, example of muons is very interesting, and the fastest way you know to lead us towards an understanding of what an NDE is and what consciousness is. And uh, uh, it uh, all, uh, you know, comes from Einstein's uh, theory of special relativity and muons validate that. Uh, so I'll tell you a bit about that. Muons okay. are elementary particles which are formed 10,000 meters above the surface of the Earth uh, when cosmic rays collide with upper atmosphere, and they are unstable particles having a life of 2.2 microseconds. Right? So, at nearly the speed of light, 
at which they travel, uh, they can travel only 660 meters in 2.2 microseconds. Uh, yet we find muons traveling 10,000 meters and they are observed at the surface of the Earth. Now, how does that happen? They should disintegrate long before they reach the Earth. Uh, it happens because of special relativity effects. Uh, from Mion's perspective, the distance is not 10,000 meters. The distance is only about 660 meters. And there's the effect of length contraction. So uh, we see, you know, uh, this relativity in action. For us, something is 10,000 meters. For Mion's, it shrinks down to 660 meters. Yet they are able to physically access uh, all the distance and travel to Earth. A similar thing happens with time. There's time dilation. For us, something which is 2.2 microseconds is very different for, from Mion's perspective. Um, if we just use Einstein's formulae uh, and, uh, you know, equate uh, the same phenomena with light, then we find that for a moving object like light, uh, all time and all space becomes zero. And for something like us, all time and all space becomes infinity. And that probably, you know, is the uh, indicator of what happens during an NDE in a state of consciousness. Uh, we reach a point of singularity, which is related to infinite time and space uh, to our life on Earth. So I think that is a good indicator of you know, how uh, things work in an NDE. So the the similarity that uh, the ultimate similarity is the singularity that you're talking about that all comes together as one. Yes, it all comes to a single point, and time and space uh, become an illusion because there's no thing such as absolute time and absolute space uh, is uh, just you know relative to each other and it can vary as per different perspectives and. This has been proved again and again uh, uh, by various experiments uh, exploring special relativity. Uh, one of those experiments, I guess, is that uh, splitting of light into particles and waves? Yes, yes. So uh, when we speak of quantum physics, uh, things become very interesting because there is uh, absolutely no explanation of how things work. They are observable and the experiments are repeatable and uh, they are getting practical applications also, but nobody knows how it works. So in um, the double slit experiment, uh, what happens is that light um, has the default property of a wave. So just like you a stone into water, uh, you see ripples which are waves and uh, light behaves in a similar manner, passes through a single photon of light, behaves like a wave and passes through both the slits at the same time and creates an interference pattern because the uh, it interferes with itself after passing through the slit. Go ahead. Yeah. But if you try to observe a particle detector near one of the slits, light changes its behavior and becomes a particle 
and passes through only one of the slits in a random manner. So we see experimentally in action, uh, light behaves like a uh, particle when under observation, it is like a wave when not under observation. And this has happened not only for photons of light. Uh, a recent study in the journal Nature shows this phenomena happening for large molecules, also, such as carbon-60 molecules, which are large, huge molecules. We are also made up of carbon. We are made of molecules. If it can happen with P60, it can happen with us also. If we extend this result logically, uh, we can think of it as we, ours being a state of particle when under observation by ourselves, right? But we die. Uh, we lose the identity with body. That observation goes and we go into a state of wave-like characteristics, uh, which uh, explain you know, the, all the phenomena which happen during an NTE. In your lecture, you started with a cartoon that I think showed uh, the deceased coming to three gates, eternal bliss, ultimate wisdom, and pepperoni pizza, and they're all lined up for the pizza. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, I, I had to mention that just 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 not only to break up the, the uh, intense scientific description you're giving, but also because it was really funny. Uh, I wonder, you know, you also mentioned that there's something like 774 NDEs daily in the United States alone. I guess that's estimated based on uh, polls that have been taken. Um, you'd think with that many number of NDEs happening that people would be just so fascinated by it, and yet a lot of people just don't don't want to talk about it, or uh, religions too also don't want to talk about it, especially the the uh, the more um, fundamental Christian sects. And one of the things that you've you've been interested in is um, Yogananda, and I was wondering if you could talk a little about how his uh, teachings. Um, uh, how you're integrating his teachings into your your scientific study? Uh, yes, so Paramahansa Yogananda and his famous book Autobiography of a Yogi. Uh, that uh, was one of the first books which took us uh, into the you know, secret life of uh, yogis uh, who spent all their time meditating and. Uh, so uh, what we see over there can be explained in this uh, uh, light because what he speaks are out-of-body experiences, a person being at multiple places at the same time as there's a lot of reference to light coming from heaven. And uh, he also speaks about you know, dissociating oneself with his body. Uh, one one is uh, not aware of his body, he goes into a of meditation where he goes into a different world. Uh, similar things happen during an NDE. Uh, mm. There is also a perspective of uh, how small we are. Right? He uh, like says he met a person, a saint who was meditating for last 45 years or so, and he was fascinated by his knowledge. But the saint said to him that 45 years is nothing in a universe which is billions of years uh, mm. old and in 
infinitely large. So uh, now we know that there are a lot of things we don't know. Uh, like the world we know, the universe we know, is a five percent of the total thing. Ninety-five percent is dark energy and dark matter, which we don't know anything about. And uh, we just need to be humble and. Uh, in true scientific spirit, we need to admit that we don't know a lot of things and uh, in future we'll develop that knowledge. But at the moment, we have to be open for a lot of uh, unknown things uh, and uh, acceptance of ND should be a part of that. Hmm. I think in your lecture, you said science is as changeable as uh, the garment industry. I thought that was <laughs> I thought that was very funny. <laughs> um, yes. So so consciousness is the other element here, and um, I think I think you said, or, or maybe I interpreted that conscious consciousness has the property of uh, way the light wave, and um, maybe you could describe that a little bit. Uh, also, this the notion that uh, the uh, observer changes that a slit experiment is is very fascinating to me uh, why um why would uh human observation change the pattern of the light uh yes so uh, ultimately it seems that you know it's a conscious universe everything is made of consciousness and consciousness seems to have a property more like a wave rather than matter and uh, it seems that matter may just be one of the properties uh, of uh, a larger reality uh, and the property of larger reality may be wave-like rather than matter-like or particle-like. Uh, there are several ways by which we can determine this. So, of course, uh, uh, in uh, special relativity we see it has to, it deals with uh, the property of light as a wave, and uh, then the theory is developed and observations from that confirm to uh, what we see during NDEs. Uh, in double slit experiment also, uh, we uh, see the behavior of light as a wave, uh, default behavior, and uh, uh, the observation aspect we just uh, spoke about. Right? And, and uh, uh, when not under observation, uh, default behavior is wave, and the properties are similar to NDE. Uh, if you look at ancient texts, uh, I'll just refer to one line from uh, a text called Mandukya Upanishad, written in Sanskrit language, thousands of years back. Uh, there's a line which says, Putam Bhavat Bhavishya Iti Sarvam Omkara Eva. And uh, it translates to past, present, and future. Everything is this state only, the state of truth, of ultimate reality, of uh, godhood, and that is described by Omkara. Now, now if you interpret that Omkara, Om is uh, uh, said to be the ultimate truth. It is also said to be uh, eternal sound, transcending the universe. Sound is nothing but a wave. Uh, but which transcends the universe has to have a wave-like property uh, uh, which uh, is not like uh, sound which I'm uh, speaking about. It's just an air disturbance. This has to be something which go 
goes across and if go if it goes across at the sound of light it has to be uh, uh you know closer to uh, consciousness which is mentioned over here which is seen in double slit experiment which is experienced in nde and which is indicated by relativity so everything you know combined uh, evidence is pointing towards a wave like property uh, of uh, the ultimate truth so is this why some religions uh practice um chanting like uh the the sound om as a as a way of meditating and focusing themselves? Uh yes, yes. So so that is the you know uh best uh, way to you know focus the energies go deep inside and uh, uh you know develop a wave like characteristic and lose the association with the body and go into a meditative state where they can see the reality the same reality as is experienced during an nde mm. uh people who've had ndes some of them come back and say that there was beautiful music on the other side or at least they're interpreting uh something a vibration that they felt as music and uh so that's there's a there's a similarity there and also, you know, in literature, um, people talk about waves of love. And, uh, it's interesting that if the, if the natural state of things is a wave and the particle is created when we observe, uh, we, particles are like individuals. I mean, to take it on a macro size way of thinking, uh, if we were all together, we'd be probably in a wave pattern. But as individuals, we insist on being particle patterns instead. Uh, so do you think it's, it's fair or, or am I stretching it too far to project this into the macro? Uh, I, I think it's uh, perfectly fine. Uh, as long as we believe in the notion of ourselves being a matter of ourselves being this body, uh, we find ourselves as matter and in this body. And uh, uh, it is very difficult to get over this notion because we believe in things we can touch, feel, and see, right? So that mm. association is always there. Uh, but uh, you know, the moment a person goes into meditation or he loses the association with the body by other means, uh, such as uh, having a death or a near-death experience, he sees the other aspect of things, the wave aspect of things, and uh, uh, then you know everything uh, comes together in a different way. Because for a wave like light, uh, time uh, uh, comes to a singularity, to a singular point, and space comes to a singular point, and he is able to uh, you know relate that to uh, uh, entire uh, concept of Earth, uh, and uh, that's what happens, probably. In Autobiography of a Yogi, uh, Yogananda describes this Kundalini experience. Um, would you compare that to a near-death experience? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, the same concept is at work in Kundalini experience or in the meditative experience, I mean, there's a lot of energy, but uh, these experiences happen when we 
associate ourselves with the body. Uh, Paramahansa Yoga mentions uh, uh, several times in his book that you know the a person stops breathing or nearly stops breathing, and then he goes into that meditative state. So he doesn't know uh, that he is there in his body, and that is when that is accessible. So same thing happens with uh, Kundalini state probably, and in any other meditative state, mm. which is similar to uh, you know NDEs. Have you uh, given any thought to these um, dark or distressing near-death experiences where people feel isolated and cut off from the light? Uh, yes. Uh, I uh, think that they are done on uh, purpose, probably. That is just you know my thinking. There's no way to know whether it is true or not. Uh, because... Uh, even in distressing NDEs, you know, when people are afraid, they lose hope. Uh, eventually, most of the times, they do, you know, see the light and find the comfort and joy over there. Uh, it may have something to do with the theory of karma, right? Uh, so, if you know, uh, someone has done some, you know, dark deeds, uh, uh, he has to realize. Uh, uh, that uh, you know things could have been done differently in uh, in love rather than you know the other way, and uh, I think that is just a you know uh, lesson, and it is ultimately done because of uh, love, so that he can see the brighter picture. Do you um, envision um, you know the traditional Western ideas at least of heaven and hell? It, does karma place you either in one or the other? Uh, I believe in the concept of uh, you know, what we learn in NDE, and uh, NDE speaks uh, you know only about uh, joy and love as uh, the components of the place they uh, go to eventually. So, uh, what? Uh, uh, and and there's no fear, right? So a person who undergoes ND loses all fear. He sees no fear in the place where he goes. So I don't think there's such a thing as hell, actually. Uh, it's just one place which is full of love and joy. Uh, hell may be, an, no, may be a temporary thing created just for a person to learn his lesson. Uh, maybe based on his karma, but... Uh, what what I feel is there's only love and joy and uh, only one place known as heaven. Hmm. Um, then there's the question of time. When people speak of, um, for instance, communicating with uh, deceased souls on the other side, it's almost as if they can jump it jump into our time period, make observations, and then. Jump, jump out again into what we would think of as as being a timeless space uh, or timeless place. What, what what have you thought about that at all? Uh, yes, and uh, uh, if we combine two concepts, one is of science and one of uh, uh, what has been mentioned in ancient text. I think we can get the answer to this. Now, uh, in science, like we already saw from theory of relativity 
right? For something having uh, wave-like feature uh, similar to light, uh, there's a point of singularity, right? which is related to infinite distance and time for a situation such as we are on Earth. So, uh, 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 just like beyond, yeah, a smaller distance of 660 meters is related to a larger distance of 10,000 meters on Earth. Similar thing happens uh, for a wave, right? A smaller distance of zero, or close to zero, is related to infinite distance. Uh, it's the same formula working for both. Um, mm-hmm. So, a person in a state of consciousness uh, has access to whatever time and whatever place he chooses to or wants to go to. However, he ha- he has access to selective places or selective time, right? Uh, most of the time. Uh, and that may come from the concept of ego or the concept of jiva uh, mentioned in, uh, you know, various uh, Sanskrit texts, uh, at least. So a person has still has some individuality uh, after uh, he dies, uh, and uh, based on that individuality, which is shaped by his experiences in uh, you know in his lifetime, uh, he still retains that. And uh, one one of uh, uh, the the process of reincarnation is because of that he comes back to, you know, purify himself, to lose his individuality, to lose ego, and then, you know, he emerges with the point of singularity as the supreme truth. So this is, you know, if we combine the two thoughts, uh, one uh, developed by developed in old times and one developed in new times based on science, we can get some, uh, you know, interesting answers to this. I, I think... Uh my very basic understanding of Einstein's theory of relativity was that nothing moved faster than light, but if if you could go faster than light, that time would flow backwards. Do you, do you right. see that at all uh, suggested in the Upanishad thing about past, present, and future becoming all all one? Uh, yes. So Upanishads mention uh, this concept of... Uh, you know, time being an illusion. So uh, you can go to the past, you can go to the future also. And uh, uh, people uh, who have experienced NND, for example, Anita Murjani writes in her book that you can not only travel to the past, but you can change your past also. Uh, so they got that clarity from uh, the experience of ND. And uh, Upanishads mentioned that, you know, this, whole concept of time and space uh, is an uh, illusion so uh, you know anything can happen in, in mm-hmm. that uh, regarding faster than light uh, we cannot travel faster than light but uh, there are you know even in the scientific realm there are observations where faster than light effects are seen for example in quantum entanglement uh, uh, if a photon is split and there are two parts of a photon in different places, they are able to communicate with each other instantly. And there was a study in Nature saying that this uh, uh, communication happens at least 10,000 times faster than light. And uh, that means, you know, something is coming back from the future. 
and uh, so so it's very interesting actually we see a merging of uh, many things we see emerging of uh, you know experience during meditation merging of experience during nde and uh, it is merged with what we observe in scientific observation hmm. you, you know archit you're very unusual for a scientist uh to, most scientists it seems are very materialist in their approach to reality do you think we would make um, faster progress in things like quantum if we, if the scientists that are ex, uh, examining the questions were uh, more spiritual uh what what i feel is you know uh, true spirit of science is observation and uh, exploration right so if a scientist stops uh, uh you know uh, looking at his observations or he stops exploring further then there is a problem right uh, so uh, a scientist has to be you know open for the mystic also because it falls within the purview of uh, what we observe in our daily life and uh, you know science has a tendency to change his mind uh, every now and then and that is going to happen in the future also science is not a very good indicator of absolute truth in the good old days of uh, newton and darwin uh, you know everybody was happy now we know everything then came einstein with relativity saying that time and space are not absolute and by the time we could observe uh, absorb that uh out came the quantum theory which says we don't know whether uh, we are composed of matter or wave and uh, uh after quantum theory uh there came the concept of dark energy and dark matter saying we don't know what 95% mm. of the universe is composed of and then there's the theory of multiple universes multiple verses uh the string theory the supersymmetry theory and what not and these things keep on coming right so there's no absoluteness about science and scientists have to be open uh, uh to at least the observation and uh, be open to the mystic because everything has not been discovered yet well archit unfortunately we are just about out of time for today so let me thank you for sharing your fascinating approach to reconciling faith and science and i wish you well um and to my listeners if you would okay if you would like to listen to the show again or any other of our, of our previous programs please visit our website at nderadio.org and for more information about ians please check out that website at iands.org this is lee witting for nde radio saying thanks for listening <laughs>